0: Hi, my name is Faith O'Leary. Welcome to the Podgrads podcast, the show where we talk about grad school, academia, and research. I, like I said, am your host, Faith O'Leary. My pronouns are she, they, and as you know, I'm a current graduate assistant at Roosevelt University, the Office of Student Research, and we talk about uh, research and graduate school. And today, I'm very excited that we're going to be joined by my lovely friend and colleague, uh, Yolanda Flowers. Yolanda thank you so much for joining us. Um, we met a long time ago in the McNair program. Again I mentioned this program a million times on this podcast um, but we know each other from there and we were cohort members and Yolanda is much older than me and being in the same cohort as, as her was very inspiring to me. And so I wanted to just like kind of talk to her about that experience. So like, Thank you for coming on with Yolanda.
1: Oh, Faith, thank you for having me. I am um, so happy to be here today, very glad. Um, And it is an honor. And hello, everyone out there. My name is Yolanda Flowers, and I am a graduate student, a third year grad student here at Roosevelt University in the College of Education.
0: That's awesome. Which uh, degree are you going for?
1: And so I am on a specialized track. So I'm doing clinical Mm -hmm. mental health, and college counseling and student affairs. I couldn't um, figure out which one I wanted to do the most, so I asked uh, my department chair, my professor, if uh, I could do both, and he's like, "Sure, you can. You can do whatever wow. you want." So I'm like, "Wow, I'll wow. do both."
0: That's awesome. That's very cool. Very uh, unique. So, uh, can you tell me a bit about your like academic background? Um, what did you study in undergrad? What did you versus what you're doing now?
1: Okay, um, so where it all started was at City Colleges of Chicago. I attended community college um, for two and a half years, and then I transferred over to Roosevelt University to the, the RU, the great RU. Um, I started college over uh, again when I was 43 years old, so uh, that's where I started it, and I um, pursued an associate of arts and uh, liberal arts there, and then I, as I came to, when I came to Roosevelt, um, I studied psychology, because um, I initially wanted to do social work, and I saw that Roosevelt didn't have uh, social work, so I thought that psychology was a good fit, and it really was, so I uh, I came out with a BA um, in psychology with a concentration in forensic psychology, in forensics, and after that, then And um, I pursued my, I started to pursue my master's, maybe um, almost less than a year, I'll say, because I did work for a little bit. And so, yeah, so that's that's my journey right there.
0: Wow, I love that. Can you tell me a bit about your interest for research or career-wise? What is there a population you want to work with? A specific position you want to have? What is like your goal? Why did you decide that you wanted to go back to school?
1: Um, so my research interests are um, vulnerable populations, immigrants and um, the elderly, um, children, uh, food deserts and how they uh, affect people in low income uh, communities, and uh, disaster and displacement. Um, It could be, you know, natural disaster or disaster that's caused by natural disaster, meaning storms, you know, like tsunamis or uh, uh, tornadoes earthquake. Those are natural uh, disasters and then disasters like we see what's going on now with uh, Ukraine and Russia, wars and things like that. So I want to know how uh, how disaster and displacement affects the mental health of people in general, but especially youth, since they're in their developmental stages, well, childhood to youth. And so those are some of my interests, but you know, my main interests. Um, And you also asked what inspired, uh, I believe you asked what inspired me to uh, come to school. Well, first of all, I, um, I dropped out of high school twice. And then I finally decided that I wanted to go back and complete it wow. and complete my uh, high school diploma. And so I did that. So by the time I graduated from high school, I was 20 years old and wow. I wasn't ashamed of it. I looked younger anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I went to college uh, that I graduated in June that that spring or summer. And then I, I enrolled in a business college downtown. It was one of those for-profit, uh, for-profit schools and uh, it doesn't even exist anymore. And I think I went for a year and I dropped out of there. Um, That school when I was 21 years old, um, due to extenuating circumstances, because uh, my mother was working, uh, the only one in the house working. My brother had left and went to the military. So that just left me and my mom and uh, my younger sister, who was still in grammar school. And I needed to help to... uh, to bring some money into that house. So I figured that mm-hmm. I would just work full time and help my mother and also help take care of my sister and right. provide for the household. And so um, from there, I, I worked in retail for uh, 22 years. Mm-hmm. And one day I I, I was like, Look, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I want to do something that is fulfilling to me. Yeah. something where, I mean, I did customer service and I help people all the time, but I knew that I could do something else. So I was hoping that I could do something else uh, with those 22 years in retail. You know, I've, I've had, i had it. I've, I've stocked enough shelves. I ranged enough registers. Mm-hmm. I pulled enough pallets. Yep. I scanned enough merchandise. And I'm like, I need to do something else. Yeah. And I knew that I was compassionate about helping people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, well, what can I do? And I went to a library, Chicago library, and I got a book about psychology and I just started reading it. And one of my cousins had a book, uh, a psychology book she attended. She was older than me. She attended Chicago State University and she was uh, in her 50s and I was in my 40s. And I, I started reading her book and that just inspired me to do something else. It like piqued my interest. I'm like, wow, the study of, you know, the uh, the brain and behavior. Uh, and I just wanted to know more
0: love that story thank you so much for sharing that with us um uh, and then you mentioned going to the library um to find like a book about psychology or social work um is there any other um, big inspirations that you had around that time that like really inspired you to go back uh, to school were there people like supporters that you had um people that you admired in your life personal life or otherwise
1: well um certainly um Something that inspired me to go back was that I had always had an inquisitive mind as a child. I Always wanted to know why and how and where and when, especially how and why things happened. Uh, I loved science. Um, I excelled. Uh, I, I, I excelled a lot when I was in grammar school. I actually skipped the grade. I can't remember. If I skipped second or third grade. Um, but my mom didn't know what to do with me, me and my sister, Mm -hmm. we were very smart, highly intelligent. And I remember bringing home medals and little certificates and, uh, the teachers writing that I was an exceptional student, but my mother not having a formal education, um, and being a single parent, um, she didn't know what to do with me. Uh, you know, how to, I guess, um, I don't know what word I want to use, how to support me. In my academics, she didn't know how to support me. She encouraged me, definitely. She would get me gifts and things, but she didn't know, uh, I guess, what to do. And I don't believe that the school that I attended at the time maybe they didn't have anything um, that was catered toward gifted kids besides a uh, skipping a grade. There were no—I don't remember any special right. programs like for science and things like that that influenced right. our create my creativity. Right. Um, and so having an inquisitive mind also, what uh, led me to go back uh, was limited opportunities. There was only so much that I could do without a, with only a high school diploma and no, uh, without a college degree. And I saw that. So the opportunity was very limited. Uh, cashier, you know, work in a store, a uh, janitor, maybe a police officer, uh, a garbage man. And uh, those are the the examples that I saw growing up. And I'm not saying that anything is wrong um, with those positions, but I I knew that uh, I had become bored and I needed to do something else. Um, And something else, one more thing that I believe inspired me was data. And I want to explain that. Um, I wanted to change the narrative about um, myself and the statistics about where I came from. So where I come from is the Inglewood community. And I lived in Inglewood forty-nine years of my life, on and off. And I know that the time I went to school, I started to learn about stats and data. And so, the community I came from, Inglewood, again, only thirty-one percent of people in Inglewood earned a high school diploma. Mm -hmm. Only thirty-one percent, and I believe that the number, the total number of residents there, I believe, is said of thirty-two thousand less than 8% people earned a college degree. Wow. And I'm like, why is that? What, what is it that's keeping us from uh, completing at least high school? Why was the dropout rate so high? And I know that I didn't want to stay, you know, I didn't want to be uh, uh, with, I guess, a negative st- like, oh, well, she dropped out. This is what they said, you know, this is what's gonna happen because you grew up in Inglewood and you didn't have your father and you're black or African-American. The This is your fate. This is, you You, you fit into the schema. You fit into this, this group right here. You're in this box and you won't do anything more than be a cashier or stock a shelf. You, you can't do anything else. And so that alone, uh, all of those things together were uh, enough for me to be inspired and do something else, even at the age of 43. Um, And so when I left retail, um, okay, let me see. I I resigned from Walmart April, uh, 2013. And then I I thought that maybe it was, I wanted to go back to school and I mentioned it. And, you know, I got shot down a lot. Like, well, You know, you're if you're over 30, it's like a waste of time and uh, you're going to get all the student debt and because you go to school. That doesn't mean that you're going to have a job. Um, and, and things like that. So they sort of that sort of. Uh, pushed me back for a minute, I, I, it pushed me back, it made me feel insecure and like maybe well maybe what they're saying is true and so I went back into retail I went to family dollar and I applied for an assistant manager job and after 90 days I was supposed to get promoted to uh, another position uh, day 89 I was terminated wow and about 45 I got I got fired in July and about 45 days later I was enrolled in Kennedy King College City College of Chicago Mm-hmm. and I never looked back, wow. and I'm not ashamed or embarrassed. Me getting fired was the best thing, but had I not resigned and knew that I had enough and knew that I could do, wanted to do something else and felt that I could, at least I wanted to try, I would probably still be miserable where I was. I had grown miserable in, in my job or my profession. I, I was really miserable, So, and here I am today.
0: Wow. Wow. I'm speechless. (laughs) That's a beautiful, beautiful story. I found I could relate to a lot of it um, in a lot of different ways. Um, I also um, had that problem of growing up where uh, they came to a point where, you know, you can only get so much help. um, You only have so many resources. I had a a mom, I was homeschooled my whole life. Mm -hmm. So when my, you know, my mom wasn't educated, my mom uh, had never went to college. And so when my brother and I were getting really smart and whatever, she was like, I don't know how to teach you guys. And when I struggled in school, she's like, I don't know how to help you because I can only explain this so well, you know? Um, Mm. And that can be a real barrier, especially for kids who, you know, uh, don't have resources to fancy tutors or private schools or anything. Like if their parents can't help them, then that's a, that's a big issue. Um, So definitely thank you for addressing that. Um, And you kind of started to, Um, get into this a little bit, but you know, that there's a lot of stigma around going back to school later in life that people can be really mean. People can um, honestly like make you feel really ashamed. Um, How did you kind of overcome that shame? How did you, how were you able to um, not worry about other people, what other people thought or what other people said, and how did you were able to thrive in that environment?
1: Well, I had to find, uh, I try to find some way to uh, daily find something that makes me laugh. Or find a human in something. I'll, I'll put it that way. I said, I think that's a better choice of words. Try to find a human in things. You know, I would hear, you know, well, those kids are going to be half your age. And that's true. They were half my age. <laughs> but yeah. somehow I blended in. And I just, um, I don't know. It's like, and and me being a student and being a, a, well, a non-traditional, first of all, and a first generation student, especially being non-traditional, it's like I was closer to the age of my instructors and professors. And they told me how much they appreciated me because I was an older student. It's like, you get it. We don't have to chase you and try to force you to do work. And Uh, you're not giving us all of this backlash and grief about, you know, the assignments and things like that. And, and, and I created a bond. I think I I, I lost what you asked me, but I created a bond with the staff and the faculty um, at city colleges. And before I knew it, I was something that built my confidence to keep me moving is that I landed a great internship uh in the district office that's like working in corporate america (laughs) and it was pretty awesome and that really inspired me like wow i made it to this office which a lot of people don't get in right i'm like so i'm going places and i'm doing things (laughs) i'm going places and i'm doing things and so that really built my confidence in other words that's Mm. uh that's what i was trying to say um yeah. yeah
0: definitely yeah that was a, a great job answering my question um i was yeah overcoming stigma and shame and with humor and grace and motivation you kind of touched on like finding community and being accepted and i'm sure that it was also very helpful to have a university and to find groups of people that supported you and were there for you um like you said, you blended right in, and you people were, you know, loving and very accepting. Um, I remember yeah. being in McNair; like you were just like the, the rest of us, uh, staying out, being crazy uh, with the rest of the twenty year olds. <laughs> and yeah, so we really appreciated your uh, um, your presence with us. It definitely made a difference.
1: I appreciate that, McNair. Actually, you all, my peers you all really motivated me because everybody brought something different Mm. to McNair. Everyone had a different story. Um, and everybody was just, it seems like McNair brought out the best of us. I know that I felt like I was living my best life. (laughs) I started to live my best life when I, I was accepted into the McNair program. And that too really let me know that, okay, you're going places. You don't. You can beat the odds. You can overcome the odds, and you can do something great. And you can teach. And you can be. Uh, you can be administrator in higher ed, or you can be a dean later on, or uh, you can be a mental health clinician. All of those things that I wanted to do. It's like I, now I have a chance to touch them, and I'm in my final semester of my courses, and I'll be an internship uh, come this summer. And so when I look back at where I came from and to where I am now, uh, because my first three weeks at Roosevelt, I really didn't make, think that I was going to make it because my previous school was walking distance. It would take me mm-hmm. three minutes, mm-hmm. two minutes to drive there, five or six minutes to walk there. So was the the commute was different. Right. Like the place was bigger, and then it was a PWI. It was. White institution, and right. I'm like, wow, I, I I really felt out of place. I felt out of place, be- and I I compared my like, oh my gosh. Well, certainly they'll make it out, and maybe I won't. Um, I probably make it out and have one professor i don't know if you remember uh or if you even knew dr uh, melissa cisco but she really was inspirational for me um and i know i'm all over the place i think i, I moved away from your question again but sure, <laughs> she helped ahead. me remain at roosevelt by her words of encouragement. her words of encouragement really helped me mm-hmm. and so that's how i stayed and i completed my undergraduate wow. and I don't know. And then there's so many other professors. Uh, my instructors, uh, Dr. Elijah Ricks and, uh, Jill Coleman. Um, I can't name them all, but (laughs) these people were very instrumental in me staying at Roosevelt and believing that Mm. I could do something and, and be somebody.
0: Right. Yeah. I, uh, Dr. Ricks was my peer mentor or, um, sorry. Um, faculty mentor during McNair and, um, uh, Dr. Coleman has been very influential in helping me through my graduate career, um, and helping me with like letters of recommendation for my graduate programs and PhD applications. Uh, so both of those professors are stellar. Um, I have nothing but crude things to say, and I'm sure it's great, um, for the rest of the people that I didn't know who they were that you named. Um, yeah, having people that believe in you is, Crucial. Yes, crucial it is. yeah especially when you don't believe in yourself, and so having someone's like, "No, you can do it. <laughs> it," makes all the difference in the world.
1: Um, it really does. It really does make a difference, especially I guess when um uh, uh, when you've experienced disappointment and stagnation. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to uh, touch on something else for uh just one minute, yeah, um, sure. or maybe two or three minutes. <laughs> oh, <go for> <laughs> so. Uh, Okay, so I, when I graduated from uh, Kennedy King, I keep keep bringing that up because that was just the pivoting point in my life, pivotal point in my life. Uh, I was accepted to eight colleges and universities, never in my wildest dreams, where I thought thought that I would be accepted to that many schools. Wow. Um, In high school, I always dreamed of going away to college, especially a historical Black university, Mm -hmm. um, HBCU. Um, so I was accepted to Jackson State University on a full ride scholarship. Wow! People like you going away to college? And you, the, yes, because I went on a college tour and I saw these schools. Uh, I went to uh, Vanderbilt. I went to visited Fisk and Rose uh, College, and 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 I can't even think of all the others. JSU, oh, the University of Memphis, Tennessee State. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going away to college. I don't care how old I am. I am going away to live on campus. I'm going to work and everything. I had a job set up and everything. And the day, the very day that I was leaving, I went, moved, packed up everything, out of my apartment and took my cat over to my best friend's house. And, you know, my car was still in front of my mom's place. She lived next door for me. And I went to take her the keys to my apartment so that she could give them to my landlord. And when I walked in, my mother was having a stroke right there and And at that moment I grabbed her and I put her in my car and I flew to the hospital and the person that was taking me to uh to the Greyhound bus station I forgot all about them I just I just took off with her and I got her to the hospital and we were at the hospital for a few hours and she looked at me and she said Yolanda she said you always want to go away to school she said just go and I said, no, mom, I said, I, I can't. I said, I'll figure it out. I said, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll go to Roosevelt or IIT because I and UIC. I was accepted to those three schools, too. Um, and then Roosevelt just seemed like it was fitting for me, the atmosphere. And so I said, well, I'll, I'll go to Roosevelt. And I have no regrets, although that was one of the most disappointing times in my life. I didn't allow the disappointment to break me and have me out of school for another 10, 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Roosevelt, it's like I was drawn in. Uh, I didn't know where I fit in in the beginning, but it all worked out for my good. It it really worked out. Again, the professors and uh, my peers and McNair and uh, working in various places in the school and having uh, student support services and tools services and snacks around the <laughs> school and the counseling center all of all of those resources uh were part of me maintaining myself my mental stability for one and being successful all of that contributed to my success wow thank you for
0: sharing that very um person personable um what's the word yeah personal personal words, personal story. Thank you for sharing that. Um, That's, I can't even imagine um, how disappointing that must have been and how just like shocking and terrifying. Uh,
1: Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, it was. And I was still able to, you know, take care of my mother. I was still able Mm -hmm. to take care of her and go to school. I had understanding um, professors. I had people that Mm -hmm. understood what I was going through and they were like, I'm here to support you in any way I can. And so if I needed extra time for an assignment, they would give me extra time, you know, and, and I, I just can't speak enough uh, well enough about respect.
0: Yeah, I, I 100% agree. As someone who is a City Colleges graduate myself. Um, oh, I
1: didn't know that, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, I, I went to Wright College. Um, and that I I talk up, I talk about so much. <laughs> I am such a big fan of city colleges and um their their programs um changed my life indefinitely. Mm-hmm. Um I especially I was there, like I said, I was homeschooled. So I like walked in with no experience, had never been in a classroom before, <laughs> um, was like 18 and wow. had no idea what I was doing, had never written a formal paper my whole life, uh, didn't know what MLA was. Like I was very lost. Yes. But same, (laughs) right? (laughs) They, they, yeah. I fell in love with school ever since then. So like, I I always say go to go to community college first. Go to community college first. There's no Mm -hmm. shame in it. You save so much money. Everybody is amazing and understanding, and it's awesome. Yes. Um, so you mentioned like uh throughout this whole time. Honestly, you mentioned a lot of struggles and um, challenges that you've had in uh, going to school. What has been some of the biggest ones and how have you kind of navigated them? Uh,
1: my biggest challenges? Um, one, when I walked away from retail, I didn't really have any money in the bank. You know, like, well, what am I gonna do? Because now I'm just really just going to school and, um, so finances uh, was a, they were a concern for me, um, but I was awarded several scholarships and through career services at, at Roosevelt and uh, word of mouth about, you know, different jobs. I was able to be a, a test administrator, a test proctor for CPS. Um, I was an embedded tutor for a little while. Uh, I worked in the, uh, the call center, I think, yeah. Um, I forgot what the name of it was back then. Um, well, you yeah, the donor, like I guess donor relations, you call and you yeah. uh ask, <laughs> ask no, the I, money.
0: I do that right now. I'm sorry.
1: oh really I yeah, we're gonna call center right now. Oh, wow. Um that that was one of my biggest challenges, maybe finances oh, yeah. and then again um keeping that confidence up because I could do well for a while and then again. I would feel defeated, especially if I had something going on, like with my family or with my health, I would feel, you know, or or if I had a test that I didn't do so well on, I would start to have that self-defeating behavior again, and those Mm -hmm. thoughts, you know, and I had to learn how to like combat those thoughts and say, okay, well, uh, look at this, look at your transcripts. You came from this, look at, look at these, uh, you can't be all that bad because you got these scholarships mm-hmm. and you can't be all that bad. You, you can get a level, a level recommendation from a, a, a former job to say, oh yeah, she was a great person or whatever you have. And, and just being able to get so, um, that support helped me, uh, really helped me navigate through. Because so many times I felt like, oh yeah, this is just too much. I'm, I'm not going to be able to do this. Or yeah, maybe it just seemed like graduation was so far away. <laughs> And those are my challenges, comparing myself to other students, like if they said they had an A and I'm like, oh man, a B minus, what Mm -hmm. did not do right? We're at a C plus, what did not do right? So that, you know, that challenge, I think comparing myself was uh, to others was really one of my biggest challenges and Mm -hmm. feeling like, you know, I guess, um, and thinking about my age Often be my yeah. major getting close to retirement age, you should have this and you should have that. Why, right? you know, questioning myself at times. Right. And so I think my inner voice sometimes, uh, me beating up on myself was one of my biggest challenges. Definitely. Definitely. As well. Yes.
0: Yeah, I think once an episode we I talk with somebody about imposter syndrome, <laughs> because that's such a big uh, struggle that people have, especially in graduate school, and especially for people who are not from, you know, rich white families, who people whose like parents didn't have degrees, uh, first generation students, people who grew up in poverty, like, it can feel like, what am I doing here? Why? Like, how did I? What? Hey,
1: Imposter syndrome. That's the word I was trying to find when you found it for me. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, that imposter syndrome. Like, Wow. In comparison, yeah. Yeah and financial challenges but you know Mm. again everything worked out it it worked out and i've arrived at this point again so wow pretty awesome
0: yeah that's amazing i yeah i'm on the way by that and we're very um grateful to have you in our university and on this podcast to be able to like share your wisdom um and on that note actually what is some of your wisdom that you would give students? Um, what are some of the benefits of going you know, back to school later in life, of waiting a while? And what are uh, some tips for people who want to go back to school maybe and are intimidated by the fact that it's been a while?
1: Okay, I want to say that um, just know that you can do it and you will do it in your time, um, no rush. Oh, I'm going to, you know, that you you look at time, about five years. I mean, you get in and before you know it, it's the end of it. It it really is. I remember when um, I first started grad school and the professor, he said that it's going to go by quickly. It's 2019 then, you know, and now 2022, I'm like, where did the time go? It's been quite a ride. Um, And I just want people to know that there's so much support out there to help you navigate um through college and become successful um, and don't feel ashamed to ask for help there are so many resources in these institutions uh, financial resources tutoring uh because uh, I think that was one of my biggest challenges asking for that's another challenge just remember asking for help they have tutoring centers uh, they had a counseling center Um, They have employment services, career services, um, other resources that we need, like food pantries and things like that. There is help. And I just want people to know that education is not just about books and sitting in the classroom, listening to a lecture. And that's part of it. But it's a journey. It's an experience. And it can transform your life in ways that, you know, you never thought possible. And will it be hard work? Certainly but will it be worth it? You bet. Absolutely. Right. Again, in your own timing, uh, don't rush the process. (laughs) Don't rush it. Right. Yeah. I had a note. It's gone. (laughs) Um, Um, wow!
0: I really, that was a great point that you made. Thank you for bringing that up about there is support. There is support out there and it can be very, very intimidating to ask for help. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: That's like one of the, you know, being in, in need is hard. And then asking for help and letting people know your need is even harder. Um, mm-hmm. But like you said, uh, there's so many resources. I remember when I Uh, Got counseling for the first time, it was at Roosevelt. And I remember, like, I remember I needed counseling for so long, but I was so intimidated by the idea of asking for help. Even as a third year uh, psychology student, I was so scared to need help. And even worse, I, I don't know, I think there was like a stigma around uh, college counselors, even, you know, where I was like, these are college services. They can't help me. And with the tutors too, I was like, they're not, you know, they're just like other students. They can't help. They can't help. But it's like, no, if you, uh, overcome your shame response and bring yourself in, it's very, uh, it can very, be very beneficial. Um, all my experiences with the tutoring center and with the disabilities office and, um, places like that, like uh, clubs, support systems, things like that, has been, always been amazing and made a very big difference in my academic journey. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Not forget about
1: for that for our disability services and mm-hmm. even services for the veterans. Yeah. It's just, oh gosh, there's, <laughs> there's so much, so much, uh, so many resources to help us. Right. Definitely.
0: Yeah. And that kind of like actually perfectly goes into my last question, which is, uh, you know, they universities do have a lot of um, ways to help out and um, support students, especially students who are going back to school later in life. But what specifically do you think that institutions and faculty can do in the future to better support students, especially those who are specifically going um, to school after a hiatus and um, facing many of those unique challenges specifically to that population?
1: Um, I believe that mentoring programs are very important um, and not just with staff and faculty, but with our peers, you know, maybe a third year can mentor uh, mentor a first year student. Right. Uh, that's very important because, you know, you like shadowing someone, you walk in side by side. And sometimes uh, students may feel in- intimidated. I know that I was by by faculty. Because I'm thinking, oh, well, they know it all, and they had a silver spoon in their mouth. And just, it's just something about that power differential <laughs> that was frightening for me until, right. you know, one of my, I, I believe it was Eli Ritz, he was like, Yolande, these said, I am now your, after graduate he said, I am now your colleague, you know. And then mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, my colleague. I'm like, wow, that really meant something. And also, mm-hmm. I'm going to add to that programming for first gen. Um, First, gen stu- first generation mm. students and uh, non-traditional students, um, that will really be helpful, like a college success course or yeah. uh, seminars or webinars and things that they, you know, if they can't attend in person, maybe virtually, um, so that they can understand the support that's out there and they would probably know, you know, what to expect. Uh, when you're first coming into college and the you know the imposter syndrome and uh just feeling like you're so out of place like what am i doing here and so i think that those programs will really be helpful
0: right yeah I, that's a very good point about that. mentoring like not just faculty mentoring but peer mentoring both mm-hmm. of those are very very necessary you know like people don't think about it but like you know when you start a new job you have job training you have things like that but like at, at school there's like week of orientation and they just like kind of throw you in but it's like the practical questions like how do I fill out financial aid how do I yes uh, definitely. where do I print my paper you know like, like uh, <laughs> um,
1: yes their advice is, is just priceless because the, I've had to do that with uh, a student uh, a student I think she was she was a third year my first year I was having a problem with um, I can't remember what class it was and some other things. And she was like really helpful to me. Um, and then my uh, association that I belong to the, uh, black counseling association, black, uh, professional counseling association, they, you know, most of them were second, third years. And so they were really, uh, a big support for me. They really helped me out. So helped me get through.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've told the story on this podcast before, but, uh, I remember when uh, my first semester of school, um, funny, it's the year I learned about cultural capital, you know, of, of, the things that people expect you to know when you move in spaces, you know, that maybe you don't know. Um, I learned about that, what that was by experience when I had my first exam in psychology as my first exam in my life and they passed out Scantrons, you know, and I looked at it and I was like, what is this? I've never seen it before. My tests are on my notebook <laughs> to give to my mom. Um, and so I had to like tell my, I raise my hand and ask the professor, like, Hey, what do I do with this? <laughs> I was so embarrassed, but she was like, Oh my God, like these are things you don't think to teach kids because you assume that they just know it and they have been doing this whole time, but no, not mm-hmm. all kids know what a scantron is. <laughs> um, yeah. Crazy. Um,
1: and that's true everybody doesn't know yeah. I think that I'm sorry go ahead no I go off Oh,
0: <laughs>
1: you oh I was just saying I was just thinking I was just reminding something rather that uh that's another tip for students that are coming back to school or they're starting later um thinking that you're supposed to know it that was something else uh, like I'm thinking well I'm supposed to know it I mean well if you knew it you wouldn't be in school that's why right. you're here you're there to learn. You're there to learn something. And you may not get it head on in the beginning, but later, in whatever was uh whatever you read, whatever was taught, uh, whatever uh seminar or lecture you said, you you maybe later, you're like, oh, I remember that. Because I'm I'm remembering things now from undergrad. I'm like, oh, right. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so you yeah. don't have to know it all. You don't have to know it all
0: absolutely yeah it's like finally like you're like five years later things finally like the light bulb goes off you're like yes that's what they <laughs> meant in that one class <laughs> um, I, yeah things finally like fall into place um wow do you have uh my last i guess last thing was do you have any last thoughts notes comments anything you'd like to leave the listeners with
1: i guess the final comment would be um uh, for those that want to go back to school or uh, this may be your first time um, going to school, just, again, just just take it, I believe, step-by-step step, um, and enjoy the ride. So just enjoy the ride. <laughs>
0: awesome. Wow. <laughs> Thank you so much, Lalanda for coming on here and sharing your story um, and being really open about your vulnerabilities and um, struggles. Um, I hope you, y'all, listeners are inspired and um, really encouraged by Yolanda's story, even if you have been in school for a while or you are thinking about going back to school. Um, yeah, thank you for sharing. Um, I guess that's a, a wrap on this episode. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Yolanda, for joining. And uh, like I said, my name is Faith O'Leary, and thank you for listening to the Podgrads podcast. Um, I'll see you all next time.